0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country.
1: So, welcome to episode 96 of the Beyond 90 Pod. I'm Eric Sibihano filling in. For our usual host Cheryl Downs, who's also our editor in chief, Cheryl's feeling unwell, so we hopefully we hope that you get well soon, Cheryl. And this uh, we got a fantastic foursome with us this evening at the time of recording. So first up, it's Magella Card from the famous uh, Matildas Active Support. How are you going tonight, Magella?
2: Yeah, really good. Um, had some great national team action with the Para Matildas this last week, so I've been really enjoying that.
1: Yeah. Also joining us today is uh, Rocksteady Canberra and Naughty expert Stefan Mobus. So, how's it going down there in what I presume is a frigid Canberra?
3: Uh, evening all. Yeah, uh, it's not too bad here. Oh, it's um, we had, we had, it's nice during the day, it's still here, just a bit cool overnight. So, uh, yeah, going well. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Hope you are too. And we have. A, we have a, what has sadly become a bit of a rare treat on the Beyond 90 pod, uh, but we're glad to see you anyway. So it's um, the woman once described as Tasmania's premier football analyst, Molly Affelin. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Eric? Yes, I'm doing well, as always. So let's crack on with our usual uh, weekly tradition of highlighting the Matilda, whose cap number manager matches The episode number. So episode 96 means Matilda's cap 96, which is Bryony Deuce. Uh, Bryony made her Matilda's debut in 1996 and played for the national team until 2003. She was a midfielder who made 54 appearances, 47 of them in A internationals, and she scored twice for the national team. She also played with the Australian under-16 squad from 1991 to 1993. Bryony went to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, of course, and the 2003 World Cup. So former Matilda's team manager and friend of Beyond 90, Sarah Grub, has given us this bio, thankfully. So thanks so much, Grubbs. So a superb midfielder from Queensland, the ultimate team player, extremely loyal, a team manager's dream. You are the one who always waits at the bus or luggage carousel to help with team kit as well as their own kit. So this is in the years long before gear stewards. Strong on the ball with great vision. She could transition Australia from danger to opportunity in a flash. She famously whipped the ball off Mia ham, of all people, during her Matilda's debut against the USA in 1996. I'm so proud to see Bryony has gone on to a career in football coaching and sports administrating. Uh, Growing and leading the next generation at the Queensland Academy of Sport. So we will put a couple of links to uh, certain articles in the pod notes. So firstly, an article titled, We Were the Underdog, which is Bryony's take on her debut against uh, the Mia Hams United States in front of a huge crowd, bigger than anything she'd experienced before. Oh, and an article from Football Queensland. announcing her appointment to a high performance role with Football Queensland slash the Queensland Academy Sports. So wherever you are, I hope everything's going well with you, Briony. Let's crack on with the hot topics. So firstly, this announcement of a Matildas match is always big news. And the announcement that uh, the Matildas will play Spain in Huelva on Sunday, June 26th at 5.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So something we'll all uh, be getting up early for, I'm sure, and preparing the coffees as usual. But um, who's got any big thoughts on us choosing to play Spain? Love it, yeah,
2: love it. I mean, we've um, we've we've had some tough op- opponents recently. Uh, you know, if, if we want to prove ourselves for the World Cup, we've just got to keep um, going against the those those tough opponents. And Spain, uh, I don't think we've ever played them before uh in an international women's match uh yeah senior level so that's really interesting as well
1: yep and i don't think we played them in a senior men's match either so this is like really historical stuff that Australia's playing spain but uh molly stefan i'd like to know your thoughts as well because my thoughts are just fear about playing (laughs) spain so much fear
3: (laughs) I'm, i'm with you eric um stylistically they're just different from from most other teams and um so, we're going to learn a lot, I think, but I, I share your fear. It <laughs> should be great.
1: Yeah. Um, um, Molly, like, are I'm you also scared?
0: Started. Oh, yeah. look, of course, I think everyone is. Um, I think it would be silly to come up against Spain and not have a bit of um, healthy, healthy fear and respect for them. Um, I think they're, they're in for a big Euro. So, of course, but I think it's going to be really good and refreshing to see the Matildas come up against an opponent that forces us to sit back and forces us to, you know, use our attacking um, moments wisely. They're not going to come often. And also, you know, make us defend as a unit. I know we had early games with Gustafsson where that, that happened and we weren't that good. So I think it'll be good to see how much we have improved in those close to two years. I imagine since we played Germany and the Sweden. So I Mm -hmm. think it will be a really good indicator to see how we've grown and, and where to from
1: here? Indeed. And there was also word that a second Matildas match in that June international window will be announced soon. So keep an eye out on the usual channels, Matildas official Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. cetera. So uh, other new Matildas-related news, uh, there's new Matildas merchandise available. And Madge, you had some thoughts on those?
2: Oh, well, you know, it, it's, um, it's maybe not my cup of tea, but there's some um, new tote bags and... Uh, purses and whatnot um, that uh, fa've obviously uh, licensed out um, so you can check that out uh, through the Matilda's website uh, I think um, the the phrase is girls with goals so uh, just, I guess looking for maybe that younger uh, de- demographic uh, and, and trying to tap tap into that but um but on keep your eyes peeled on Matilda's active support we're going to be coming out with some some new merch options in the next few weeks, and maybe even a stubby holder for for maybe the 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 older demographic or the the demographic that might enjoy a, a cold beverage. Although you know, it doesn't have to be a beer; you can put any cold beverage in there to either keep your hand warm or keep a, or, you, or keep the beer and the drink cool.
1: Lovely stuff. <laughs> um, now, um, more news, and this is big news, maybe not for right now, but uh, in a couple of years. So Football of Australia have unveiled the domestic club licensing regulations for the A-Leagues. Luckily on another podcast I do, this was dropped on me with at with almost no notice, but I was able to quickly look at the actual regulations, which are 89 pages. So that might be something for our listeners to do their own research with but the big takeaway from that at least from a beyond 90 perspective is talk of an afc women's Champions leagues sorry afc women's champions league being targeted for 2024 and then licensing with regards to australian clubs if they want to compete in that similar to the men's version of the afc champions league so uh, that's exciting
3: it certainly is uh, are any of the teams in the um in the a league women's going to have issues with any of the criteria that you know uh,
1: the if i had the time to dig through the 89 pages and find the criteria I'm um, i do wonder if this means they might look to push to look push for an end to the current dual registration we have with our domestically based players where they play npl in the winter and a league women in the summer of course that would then require uh an increase in the length of the season and the players finally, as we've been saying for years, becoming full time. But I would assume if you're going to lengthen that season. But so I'm not sure, but there would also be because they're looking at 2024, if there is at least a bit of time for them if there's a gap between what they have and uh what's required for them to work towards meeting that.
3: There yeah. was Did also a mention error. of um sorry, sorry, Maj. Did I see a mention of junior junior yeah. teams mm-hmm. having having to be uh yeah, that's
2: that's that's what I was going to look at as well, um, Stefan. Yeah, so there does seem to be that that requirement for youth teams coming in for for licensing requirements. So that should be interesting, and and yes. and, and what qualifies as as a youth team?
1: Yes. So guess who's looking good? Canberra United, yes. <laughs> and and so also Newcastle Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, now I do wonder: does this? That's a. Well, I'm just now pretty much speculating here, but does this? Um, look to, I don't know, strengthen relationships. It's an opportunity for Brisbane Roar and QAS, um, Adelaide United and South Australia NTC. Victoria is going to be an interesting one with three teams there, although Western United have that partnership with Calder United. And then uh, Wanderers in the Sydney, Wanderers, Sydney FC and potentially Central Coast. Actually, Central Coast Mariners do have junior teams. They'll be fine if they come in. Wanderers in Sydney FC, that'll be an interesting one. So hmm, also Wellington, uh, also, Wellington, what 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 did they achieve? And of course, then it's the same uh, questions as when the Wellington Phoenix men's team was formed about how do they fit in as an Oceania team competing in an AFC competition? But at least we've got some time to think of all of these. And because uh, I mentioned Western United, might as well move on. It is now officially official. Western United will become the eleventh A League women team. in and that will be next season, 2022-23. So before I throw it to all of you, my main takeaway of this is, please, Central Coast Mariners, get your house in order so you can join Western United and, and become a dub team because I don't like buys.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but yes. even with the buy at Western United, um, as, a, as a Tasmanian, it's really exciting. Um, Western United have been I know we've had Melbourne Victory in the past I think we had Melbourne Hearts as well but Western United do seem committed to at least playing games down here which is probably more than what most, well it's mm-hmm. more than what, what most clubs have been doing mm-hmm. um, and we've had Tasmanian teams come up against an iteration of whether that's Calder or Western mm-hmm. United or whatever name they've put it under over the last two years so um, whilst I think Tassie as a state was still a way off good pathways to lead into the mm. A League Women's. I think it's a really, it's really a really good door for us to hopefully barge through. And um, I think you know, obviously, it's exciting for for Melbourne and and the western part of Melbourne. But I like what it has for the central for
1: Tassie as well. Mm. Yeah, and um, now with three Victorian teams, I just another thought I had. If three teams in Victoria. Surely, 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 Alani Antczewski and Claudia Mihocic don't have to play for Perth. With the greatest respect to Alex Parkes. <laughs> I because, uh,
0: mean, if you want them, though, Perth will keep them. Like, yeah, mate. So, to be fair, they
1: might have they might have been signed on, on two year deal. So maybe that's a thing for the next se- the next season afterwards. But yeah, that's that is something that I always found very curious with um, Victoria with Victorians not playing in Victoria while the Victorian team signed interstate talent. It's it's quite confusing.
3: Hmm. I think also I also saw something about the Mariners manage- management having changed. So maybe that's why they haven't been able to progress things because they were still uh, transitioning into, into a new ownership um, for the club. So if that's if that's underway now, then hopefully they can
1: start moving quickly on getting this, yes. getting this going. You'd hope so, and you'd hope that they'd get more time than Wellington did for last season. Mm. You'd hope. Um, but anyway, let's move on to something that Madge alluded to in the intro, Intro, and this is just um, the seemingly never-ending feel-good story. The, the paramount, sorry, the Paramatildas at the IFCPF World Cup, and they've, they've been going great, haven't they, Madge?
2: Yeah, so... Um- I think they, they kicked off their campaign with, with a great 12-0 win over the Netherlands, uh, then went on to defeat uh, Japan 4-0, uh, then took on the hosts, which, you know, being uh, the home team Spain, um, I think a really great performance against them uh, winning 11-0. And then the, the, final, the final group game against USA um, didn't go our way. Um, we lost that one. Four nil, but we have qualified for the gold medal game, also against the United States. So the you know, United States was the the last group game. So the the top two teams um, qualified for the gold medal game. So that's Tuesday night, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah, so since is it in Spain? So sorry, I shouldn't oh, check yes, this. It, it is in,
2: in it Spain. is in Spain. So um,
1: I'm not sure I So twelve forty five local time, which. I might be wrong on this. You've got to check this for yourself. Nine forty-five Australian Eastern Standard Time, I think.
2: And you know what? And, and from that first game, we had a goalkeeper goal from from long range as well. So um, you do yourself a favor and check it out because uh, we we always love those quirks of the game when when, when we get uh, go, you know goalkeepers scoring goals, Olympicos. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's had everything, and there, yes. there's been some really great. Um, Great long distance goals. It uh, seems to be uh, a, a very direct uh, approach by the Paramatildas. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, some some great bangers in there as well.
3: And aside, from, aside from all the goals, um, we have we've had the joy of Ann O'Dong on commentary the last two games. Oh, so that's yep. that's, and um, yeah, all all of her years of experience come to the fore when she when she talks. You can you can really. Uh, tell that all the insights and intelligence she's gamed around the game, uh, you know, all, all that time just comes through really clearly on the commentary. So that's delightful to see, see her commentator to say.
1: That's excellent. So moving on, and really to, um, well, it's been a week of big news, but in England, the FA Cup final, Chelsea three, Manchester City two after extra time. Two Aussies on each side, Sam Kerr obviously for Chelsea, as well as assistant coach Tanya Oxtoby, Alana Kennedy and Haley Rasso playing for Manchester City. So a brief recap of the events. Uh, Sam Kerr had an early goal ruled out for offside, but then did open the scoring, assisted by a player, Millie Bright, who's close to my, my heart, because like me, she has a sick forearm tattoo. And then um, Lauren Hemp with a brilliant equalizer just before half time. Aaron Cuthbert, absolutely um, belted the ball from about 25 yards out to put Chelsea 2 one in front. But then Haley Rasso with a, a really brilliant goal, like almost as good as Cuthbert's in my opinion, in the 89th minute to take it to extra time. And then Sam Kerr doing basically what she always seems to do. And she seems to somehow get better in the big games, just like last weekend in the final game of the WSL season against Manchester United, she scored what would be the winner in extra time. So yes, that's, that's the short story, but um, Stefan, you watched the full game.
3: Well, I did. I was uh, awake for most of it as well. It's such an amazing advertisement for for the women's game. Um, quality was was incredibly high, um, and what I loved about it was that the there was neither of the teams dominated um, the other, so it was end to end action. So you get these um, very much attacking phases throughout the game um, where one one team would. You know, um, move forward and attack. Hold a bit of possession, take take a chance, turn the ball over at the other end, and then the other team would, you know, in, inevitably do the same thing at the other end. And it was just uh, glorious to watch, I have to say. So, I, if so, I, can I encourage anyone who hasn't seen this game to not just watch the mini match of uh, all the highlights? Uh, it's really well worth uh, watching watching in full if you if you're able to. Um, yeah, just. Uh, it was a sight to behold, I have to say, and um, and uh, you know the end, the events at the end just um, just put the icing on the cake for, for me, and uh, really enjoyed it. And the aussies the Aussie contribution was amazing. Uh, Hemp's goal I was reminded of um, Holly McNamara with the way she took her goal from you know the turning um, turning from the left side of the box to a right around a defender and uh, just a sublime uh, goal into the top right corner and. Uh,
1: yeah, so wonderful impressions of this game. Yeah, so uh, Madge, or what were your thoughts? Because you watched uh, more than the nine minutes that I watched.
2: I, I watched the mini-match, but I, I will take Stefan's um, advice and and check out the full game, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just some great goals in there as well. I think um, uh, the, the, the goals from Cuthbert and, and Razzo. So Razzo's was so typically Razzo as well, just like – muscling through and fending off i mean no slouch in magdalena er- erickson as well uh and just chesting the ball down and then that um just immediately striking the ball very similar to cuthpits as well um Cuthbert just took one touch and then absolutely leathered it so it's it's worth that's worth the price of admission alone i think those two goals um I, I'm, I'm not sure millie Bright might be a little bit upset with Sam Kerr taking the first goal off her. I'm not, I'm oh, th- interesting. I'm not I don't think it was going in. Going in. No, I, I, I agree, Eric. I don't think it was going in. Um, I think the commentary thought otherwise, but um, so one way or another, that was a, it was a beautiful cross um, into Sam Kerr, the first goal as well.
1: Yeah. And I can't talk enough about that Haley Rasso first touch for the equalizer. It was, uh, she, it wasn't even like Magda Eriksson was too tight. There was like a five meter gap, but she's took it on the run, chested it behind Matt Eriksson, just, Overpowered, over- muscled
2: off, yeah. off the ball. It was fantastic, yeah,
1: yeah. And, um, another thing I liked, um, uh, Emma Hayes doing what I love when coaches, uh, their teams have a one goal lead late in their game. She made a sub in the 119th minute just to yes. run down the clock. And, you know, Maren Mjolder, um, who's I believe, um, has uh, had some injury troubles in recent times, she got to make an appearance in a winning FA Cup final. So, good, uh, good for the Norwegian superstar as well. Mm. So, uh, before we move on, Molly, have you got anything to add from the FA Cup final?
0: Ah, oh, just more about Haley Razzo's goal. Yeah. Um, just yeah, as you guys have all said, it it was so great to see, and um, hopefully we we'll see that with her in the Matildas shirt.
2: I feel like she's um she's just getting back at me for after the first Matildas game against New Zealand, I bagged her first touch, and ever since she's just um. She's just had some fantastic first touches and and goals ever since. So maybe I should bag players more often.
1: Yes, well, that's if if it's good news. Happy to be proven uh, wrong. It's good news for someone (laughs) as snarky as me if that actually works to make at making players better. (laughs) It was was also cool to see
3: uh, Man City empty the bench of all their uh, attacking options when they were two one down at the end, and and just seeing the impact that had on the game. So just yeah, just a great game.
1: Yeah. Yes. So uh, keeping it on. In Great Britain, so to speak. So he had the final two rounds of the Scottish Women's Premier League during the week as we move on to our standard Aussies abroad wrap. So for Jacinta Galabatarachi's Celtic, they beat um, Hearts 5 0 in midweek with Jacinta playing a full game. And then, unfortunately for them, a 3 1 loss to big rivals Rangers on the final day with Jacinta not in the match day squads. And As to the player that has been the subject of constant arguments on this pod, Aoife Colville, uh, of course, still recovering from an ACL injury, but her Glasgow City side defeated Aberdeen 4-1 in midweek and then drew nil all with Hibernian on the final day. So the end result is... Rangers making history, cha- champions of the Scottish Women's Premier League for the first time, Glasgow City second, Celtic third. Next uh, next up, I assume this is the final game of the Scottish season. It's the Scottish Cup final between Celtic and Glasgow City on Sunday the 29th of May. So um, one or two Aussies with an interest in that one, depending on your point of view. Uh, moving on to France, there are actually no... Division One games in France until Saturday the twenty eighth of May, and that would be the second last round. However, Ellie Carpenters Lyon, their next game is the small matter of the UEFA Champions League final on Sunday the twenty second of May. And of course, uh, once again, we could plug uh, Dazn, spelled D A Z N, for their free coverage of uh, this wonderful competition, the UEFA Women's Champions League, on YouTube. It was the then moving on to Italy. It was the final round in Serie A Femminile. And Pomigliano, with two Aussies, ended on a high. They uh, won 3-1 away to Napoli. Elimastro Antonio was a late sub, come on in the 87th minute. Ivy Luik, unfortunately, once again, not in the squad. And then on to the Netherlands. Uh, second last round there in the Eredivisie Thraven. Um, Unfortunately, Amy Harrison's PSV lost 3-0 to FC 20 And Harrow came on as a sub in the 68th minute. But all of that is the precursor to, the I think, Beyond 90's best, well, my favorite part of Beyond 90 coverage, the most unique part. It's uh Stefan's Nordic rap. And Stefan, uh, we don't have Norway for once, so um, uh, they're on what a short break, but why why is that the case, do you know? Um,
3: I'm not really sure why they're on a break. Um they have they have some cup games coming up, so maybe it's to fit the cup games in their their midweek this week. So I think it might be around to do with that. But uh, yeah, they're um. I think they're back in action in the next week or so for the for the league. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the, the big news out of the Nordic uh, game um, leagues is that um, the only cup final in town wasn't just the uh, the FA uh, the English one. It was uh, the the Danish cup final was also held, and our three Aussies in uh, Fortuna uh came away as winners, beating Thisted 3-1 over the weekend. And there's some marvelous images of uh, of uh, Claire Wheeler, Indy India uh, Indy Paige Riley and Angie Beard uh, having a wonderful time celebrating afterwards. So, um, yeah, terrific, terrific achievement by those three. Um, they all played the full game pretty much. Uh, Indy was substituted in the 89th minute, but um, the other two played the full game. So that's a remarkable achievement and congratulations. Um, I think it helped that they, had a, they beat them in the league um, the previous weekend, so they... Uh, went into that game with a lot of confidence, so um, so yeah, tremendous result. Um, the other game of interest to us in Denmark is um, in the relegation um, round robins, and uh, both the round robins are starting to draw towards a close. Um, they're ten game round robins, and they're up to about the seventh or eighth in the um, relegation. One, the uh, the seventh round robin was played, and Jenna McCormick played a full game. In a one-all draw against the third place um, B ninety-three, um, so that leaves AGF in second place and still um, very much in the in the in the hunt for playing in the top top league again next next competition, which is which starts later this year. Yeah. So moving moving back to Sweden, then um, they had round eight of the um, svenskan and uh, Tegan Micah played a full game. Charlie Grant came on at the sixty-fourth minute. For the one-all draw against Christian Stads by they play for Rosengard. I should mention that Rosengard, are top of the, the league, one-all draw against um, seventh place Christian Stards. The report I saw uh, said that from the from the actual Rosengard club said that um, they put their took their foot off the pedal a little bit at one goal up and and paid the price a bit. So uh, they will be wanting to refocus to maintain that focus again um, coming into the rest of the season. Um, in other games, um, Hammerby had a 2 0 away win against 13th place. I'm, and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try and say it anyway.
1: Roma Poikana. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Yep. Roma yeah,
3: that was <laughs> exactly what I was going to say, Eric. Uh, Courtney never had a busy game. She was yellow carded. Excellent. And Sorry. And then, then recorded an assist and then was substituted in the 77th minute. And uh, Kyra Cooney Cross is still biding her time uh, as far as selecting in a matchday squad. There were two games for Vizio where Claire Polkinghorne and Katrina Goria both play. Um, They had their round-out eight game and then had an also entry into round nine. So in the round eight game, they won one nil away against 12th place Kalmar. uh, And both Aussies played a full game. And in their round nine game, they had a 2-1 win against sixth place Patea, who they were vying for jockeying with the ladder positions and uh, both goals came the last five minutes. So it would have been a nail biter and it was a home game. So the crowd would have been very happy and that those wins left Vizio to fifth place. So they're doing, doing very well with the addition of the Aussies in there. Um, so obviously Katrina Gore is um, having a, a really positive effect on the, on the team as well um, to no no one's surprise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, um, Remy Simpson, Um, I read a report that said from the club that they they made some changes um, to, must be to the formation or the team or the selections or something. I'm not really sure what the changes were, but they only recorded a 1-0 away loss to fifth place Eskils Tuna, which is better than the results they've been recording lately. So. He is hoping that things are on the uh, on the up with those changes for the team. They are still um, bottom of the of the league, but um, perhaps uh, they can turn things around. Uh, Remy played a full game in that one. Uh, in In the second tier in the LA Town, it was also round seven, and Annie Haffenden uh, didn't get on the um, on the card for Becco's one all draw against Nor Copping, but her team is third on the ladder. And uh, Norkopping was fifth. So, not a, yeah, it sounds like it was a competitive game. Um, moving on to Iceland. We've had, um, they've had midweek games up till now. but Yeah, they've, they've
1: had a lot of midweek games, haven't they?
3: But they have, yes. Uh, so, around three, three, three weeks in a row of midweek games. And then they've finally played a, a weekend game. So, they've had two games in the last week. Uh, so K.R. Reykjavik, where, who've also been struggling so far this season, um, they've just come back into the top flight. Uh, Margot Chevalier there is there and uh, Susan Fonton-Cam. Susan got her first um, appearance in the second game of the two. Um, I'll go over that one first. So K.R. Reykjavik um, lost 4-0 against Molina ayers Um, So, yeah, as I said, a, a debut for Susan in that game. Margot Chevet played a full game and Melina Ayres played 73 minutes in, in that strong um, away win for Breedablik. Uh, in the home game in round three, KR Reykjavik uh, lost 2 0 um, away to IBV and sorry, at home to IBV. Margot played a full game on that one and Susan wasn't listed. And um, just following on from Melina's efforts with Breedablik, in their round three game, um, the second place team in the league, Red Bredwick, um, won 3-0 against Jan. And Melina had a fabulous game, scoring two goals. Uh, for her first goals for the club, um, one from the penalty spot and uh one from open play, and she played 69 minutes in that game.
1: So obviously settling in very well as well. So that's your naughty Wrap. Thanks, Stefan. Now, something I should have cleared before we recorded, but did anyone watch? Any NWSL on Twitch by any chance?
0: I watched half the game, but not with any Aussies in it.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Could tell. Feel free to tell us about that anyway. I'll cover the Aussies.
0: <laughs> so, pretty much, my most memorable part, apart from realizing Twitch is actually a lot easier to use than what I, I think maybe the early days it was clunky on the phone and on Google Caster. but it's it's, it's it was super smooth to use. Um, but Aaron McLeod absolutely. Um, you know, going going back to some of her best form. And there were two saves at the end of the first half that I don't know how she did it for Orlando, but she made sure Orlando went in um, without conceding a goal. Um, and unfortunately, though, for her, that um, Orlando did end up getting ahead. Um, but um, I think it was Kansas they were up against and they got two goals back on them. So the commentator... Said um, by memory that they haven't won at home for, for a long time, so that would be another heartbreaker for for, for the pride. I think um, to to have lost that one, but um, it was it was fun to watch. It was it's been a while since I've watched the NWSL and.
1: I'll have to make sure it's an oldie game next time. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. All and and N, N W S L is good. N W S L, especially when North Carolina Courage are playing. But um, so, by the way, Molly makes a good point about Twitch. I was, it had. I um, mean, in case you're less familiar with the platform, it does have this reputation as being a thing for people to stream themselves playing video games and then talking them through it, which I'm told is more entertaining than it sounds. But it's actually very easy to use. The one thing. So you just go to twitch.tv, and then you know, it should be easy enough with the search bar to find the NWSL channels. The one thing to be aware wary of, there are four of them. I think that's to cover off um, simultaneous games. So you have, and you'll figure out the naming pattern. It's NWSL official, all one word, then NWSL official two, three, and four, etc. But yeah, so I'm glad it is. Actually, I, I echo your thoughts, Molly, that it's like I was rushing before round one to try and you know figure this out with, and after I tried, had to remember my Twitch login. But it's actually it is very simple, and the um, the broadcast quality is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. So you got the so you the the production values. You got graphics, replays, uh, multiple cameras. Uh, I believe it's sometimes one person calls, but there's a I think there's two person calls as well, and you know they're they're really doing a great job. Uh, on to the Aussies. Uh, so for Alex Chidiak, she's at Racing Louisville. Uh, they had a home one all draw with Houston Dash, but uh, Chids was an unused substitute. And then Aussies involved in, on both sides, well, at least teams with Aussies involved, uh, as San Diego Wave defeated Chicago Red Stars by two goals to one. Emily Van Egmont played a full game for the Wave. Uh, unfortunately, Chelsea Dorb were not in the Chicago Red Stars matchday squad. But now it's on to uh, uh, state football coverage. And I suppose, I'll just by check, I should again, something I should have asked you before we started. Molly, have you watched any Tasmanian football in the past um, week?
0: There was only the one game um, and it was at Devonport. Unfortunately, I was at a different code of ah. football for work. But um, from the result, it was just uh, Clarence Sever's got revenge from getting knocked out by Devonport in the cup the week beforehand and they won one 0 but probably in more exciting news definitely for the Northwest coast is that um, Devonport started their um, New Zealand youth international, uh, Nicole met Metam, I think I've said her name correctly. Um, so that's really exciting from from our end of things really to, see some good quality players injected in, into our squad up here and hopefully have a flow and effect um, in training and, and off the pitch as well
1: yeah so awesome. thanks. thanks for that Molly now uh, moving on I think we might go to Madge and did you manage to watch any Queensland action
2: Well, there wasn't much Queensland action to watch, unfortunately. Most games have been washed out. So, uh, all of the games, bar one from the the Kappa, the midweek Kappa Super Cup, um, was washed out, but South United. did end up playing Capalaba. It was originally supposed to be a Capalaba home game, but Souths have a synthetic field, so hence they they switched to to play uh, the, the game at Souths, and it paid off for them. They as they took away the game four uh, three. I didn't see it, but uh, apparently there were two goals. Um, Habuda Isabella Habuda plays for Souths United, and she got uh, two goals there for Souths to help them to that four three. Uh, win over Kapalabar, who has you know, and I, I think Larissa Crummer got on on the scoreboard for Kapalabar as well. So, some familiar names in that game. But yes, unfortunately, all all of the other Super Cup games and the weekends MPLW all washed out because of all the rain here.
1: Yeah, but and as I was, I had took great delight in telling Molly before we started, um, Talitha Kramer one of our favourite players, most recently with Wellington Phoenix in A League Women, of course. She's uh, moved from uh, NPL New South Wales to NPL Queensland, and she will now be basically flying up and down the wing, I, I assume, for Kapalaba, whether that's as a winger or as a fullback. And um uh, to all her direct opponents, uh, good luck with that.
2: <laughs> I will keep an eye out. I'll, I'll give yes. you... Weekly updates.
1: Yes, please. I, I, I now actually, this, this is, this to me is enough to take an interest in uh, Queensland. I'll have to fit it in somehow, but I'll make it work. So, um, but thanks, Stefan. We could, you can go next because there's been league and cup action in capital football. So, there has. Yes, Thanks, Eric. It's
3: been yeah, been a busy week. Um, and there's been a lot of rain, so the the midweek Federation Cup semi-finals were were played in some testing conditions, I think. Um, but the um, the expected result occurred probably as far as the Belkon United versus Canberra United Academy game. It was a 6-2 win to Belcon United. That was played on Wednesday night. Um, the other game was an absolute cracker, though. Uh, well worth a look. The games are available on Bar TV Sports, not on MPL TV, mm-hmm. if you're interested oh, yeah. in watching. But Canberra Olympic came away with a 3-1 win over Canberra, Croatia which knocks uh, Canberra, the favourites, Canberra-Croatia, probably the favourites, out of the uh, mm. Federation Cup competition. So the final, which will be played on Saturday, the June the 4th, will be between Belconia
1: United and Canberra Olympic. Well, that is interesting. Do you want to tell us about the backstory of what happened over the summer between those two clubs?
3: <laughs> over the summer, yeah. Well, of course, the Canberra Olympic had a, um, a massive recruitment campaign. So they've taken three of the... Uh, the um, probably the better players out of the, uh, out of the Belconne United squad over and in, into their own squad and um, are, are reveling in their presence. I would have to say Michaela Thornton, for example, was a, a huge presence in this game with her ability to drive into the box and, uh, and score with, with either foot. Um, and uh, yeah, so making great strides with the, uh, the way that squad is gelling and coming together and obviously being able to put it to the, the better, the best teams and the, competition. So um, it, it was interesting because uh, because that game exacted a toll. It was on a Thursday night and the weekend games in round six uh, were only a day or two later. So I'll, I'll just move on to that and talk about those very quickly. But um, f- just uh, continuing with Canberra Olympic, um, this is a game that I'll be covering in the wrap this week, but I wasn't actually out because I was at the washed out Tuggeranong Tugger- Tugger- United versus... Canberra United Academy game, I, I missed out the uh, the washout announcement because I was at another footballing commitment in the morning. And uh, so I apologise in advance for the lack of photos for the review this week. But um, in that game, it was a, an intriguing two-all draw at O'Connor Enclosed between Olympic and Gungahlin United where Michelle Heyman is. Uh, Michelle Heyman scored both of Gungahlin's goals. Um, Olympic were up... with a late goal to Sarah Johnson in the game. Um, Heyman had scored Gungahlin's first goal after a magnificent three-ball from Stella DiMarco. And she also managed to um, be be on the spot for a a penalty shout at a time, extra time in the... the, Not extra time, added time in the... um, as the game was winding down for a close, gaining the the uh, the penalty and Michelle Heyman tucked it away for a two-all draw. So those two points that Olympic have dropped potentially in that game um, have meant they've dropped into second position in the ladder because Canberra-Croatia beat uh, West Canberra 6-1. So West Canberra, second successive game against top four opponents, having won their first four games. Uh, so Canberra-Croatia now top of the... Uh, Top of the ladder, Brittany Palombi scoring four goals there. Uh, and finally, the other game, uh, Belcon United um, beats Wagga City, who are doing it tough this, this season, I have to say. They beat them 9 0. And Kira Bobbins scored five five goals, the um, the right wing flyer for Belcon United. Uh, I think she scored 10 goals in this campaign so far. So, yeah, doing very well.
1: Thanks, Stefan. And so I'll move on to New South Wales. So, only four games um, on the weekend as opposed to the usual six because of two postponements, which I'll explain in a minute. But firstly, there was a seven goal thriller up at Lake Macquarie regional football facility between emerging jets and Manly United and seven cracking goals. This is, this is really the kind of thing where um, NPL TV shines. I think all seven of these goals are just so watchable. So emerging jets um, basically mug Manly almost straight from the kickoff and lobbed, And it was Claire Adams who lobbed the keeper from 30 yards. Manly, uh, so Jets up 1-0. Manly then take a 3-1 lead with nice strikes from uh, Yuka Honda, uh, Emily Minette, and Nicole Stewart. But then Lara Gooch, who you may remember from A-League Women with the Jets, the youngster, she's chipped the keeper from an acute angle to make it 3-2 and then scored from pretty much the center circle to make it 3-all. And so it looked like the Jets might get their first points of the season, but then – Angela Christian Wilkes' favourite player, Polly Doran, steps up in the final 10 minutes, takes matters into her own hands, dribbles past three players, then chips the keeper from pretty almost the goal line. Somehow it goes in. And so Manly won 4-3. So great to see a positive game-winning goal there. Uh, the game I called for NPL TV was uh, less goals, but equally as uh, thrilling. So between Sydney University and Bankstown City, Bankstown City hit the frame with the goal three times in the first half. Then Sydney Uni hit the frame of the goal in the second half. Then they won a penalty. And unfortunately, Emma Stanbury was sent off for a handball on the goal line. Uh, then, But the penalty was saved by Brianna Edwards, most uh, recently of Wellington Phoenix in A-League Women. Then Sydney Uni had a second penalty for another handball in the final 10 minutes. Rachel Lowe smacks the penalty against the crossbar. Sarah Morgan scores from the rebounds. So Uni think they're going to win, but in the 86th minute, Brianna Edwards' twin sister, Siobhan, comes off the bench and scores the late equalizer. So one all between uh, Uni and Bankstown City. Um, There was also um, in Sydney Southwest, MacArthur Rams nil, Sydney Olympic 2. It was uh, Angelique Christodoulou with the opener from the penalty spot, and then Courtney Vine sealed it late on with her 50th NPL New South Wales goal. So that's just that milestone comes just in time for me to call Sydney Olympics game next week. So, and then the late game was uh, the game we'll be covering in more detail for Beyond 90, thanks to Dale, who is currently, I believe, watching the replay of this stream at Brisbane Airport as we record. But uh, no, yeah, so Ilora Stingrays defeated uh, Northwest Sydney Spirit two goals to one. They actually, Stingrays actually scored after about 15 seconds. And then through Michelle Carney, who else? And then Caitlin Cooper scored after nine minutes. But then uh, the spirit uh, pulled one back through Morgan Roberts. So the postponements. As I think we've covered on this pod, Northern Tigers versus Blacktown Spartans postponed to Tuesday, the 24th of May, because 10 Blacktown Spartans players are in the Young Matildas camp, which um, is just finishing up at the time of recording. And that, as uh, we're so delighted to say, includes um, Abby Lemon, daughter of Kelly Lemon, uh, the woman behind KLZ Photography and the woman who provides us with so many great photographs. Uh, The other postponement was Apia Leichhardt versus Football New South Wales Institute, um, that was postponed because Institute have six international call ups, five in the Young Matildas camp, and then Chantal Manidi is with the Philippines at the Southeast Asian Games. So, as I've said in comms, Institute the program so good they develop players for other countries now. Um, I'll fill Cheryl's role by just quickly wrap NPL Victoria. So quickly, Box Hill United nil, South Melbourne two. So I think South Melbourne from recollection. Um, had a bit of a patchy start to the season, but a uh, good win for them. Calder the United 2, Alamein 0. Heidelberg United 3, Bulleen Lions 0. And Bayside United 0, uh, Football Victoria emerging 4. So, you know, these good to see this. Um, I think the recent age change, changing the maximum age from, well, they increased it to a 21, I think. It's uh, probably uh, doing good for some of those players like Caitlin Carridge. And our very own Bella Suits, who um, has written an article for us. Uh, so, yeah, good to see um, the NTCs uh, getting the job done. But uh, we'll move on. We're nearly done. And firstly, our uh, Queen Queens of the Week. So Cheryl couldn't be with us, but um, she did She was gracious enough to nominate a Queen of the Week, and it is indeed uh, Grace Visnevsky from the Wellington Phoenix, who has posted on her socials, both Twitter and Instagram uh a post that i think everyone should read uh grace has been very open and we thank her for this about her struggles with mental illness and anxiety and and uh, all our thoughts of course are with grace as she um battles that uh mental illness a thing that i think isn't spoken enough just in society generally and it's so wonderful that grace can be so open and eloquent about what she's been experiencing in recent times so we've embedded that post um in the pod article for all of you. But on to other queens of the week. So, Madge, who is your queen or king or non binary legend of the week?
2: Well, I'm going to go back to the Para Matildas. And I, I know a, a goalkeeper who scores a goal from pretty much the halfway line, Caitlin Smith uh, in the first game. Um, check it out if you can uh, and also just a reminder that um, you can watch the the final against the united states on the my football youtube page uh it's 8 45 on tuesday night tomorrow night so or whenever it might be tonight by the time this is um this is posted
1: yes no okay. pressure eric <laughs> no pressure. well that that's a the editing audio is still a cheryl thing at least okay. i hope it is because otherwise that could be problems for us um so yeah just, sorry just clarifying for the notes uh that was she's dealt goal was in the opening game against the netherlands
2: it was against uh yeah. it, yes the opening game against yes. netherlands uh and i think it took us to seven nil at that at that time
1: ah, love, love it um so goalkeepers are doing things other than stopping shots love to see it uh, molly did you have a uh, queen king or non-binary legend for us
0: i'm gonna piggyback off she's um one, I think Grace was just really brave and, and for me it, it hits home with a couple of things going on in my family this past month. Um, so, yeah, it was just seeing someone so open and so raw about what's happening and, and honest. Um, it takes so much bravery and just full respect and um, I'm glad it sounds like she's getting the support that, that she needs and I hope that um, she, can, she can ultimately win, win the battle.
1: Oh, by the way, and the other thing I want to say—massive credit, can't give enough credit to Wellington Phoenix, uh, the mm. head coach Gemma Lewis, and others for creating the kind of environment where Grace feels like she can be this open. Because I think that's sure. just as important as Grace's own bravery. Now, uh, Stefan, uh, who have who are your legends for this week?
3: Mm, my, my queens of the week are all the Aussies who took part in overseas Cup
1: finals on the weekend. So whether you won or lost, you're all queens to us. Uh, I uh, love that. I love that. A man who's planned ahead because you could have pretty much nominated that for this weekend the last month after the FA Cup semi-finals. So <laughs> planning ahead, that's absolute genius uh, from our Nordic and Canberra expert. So as usual, I couldn't limit it to just one. So I've got uh, three coins of the week. I've, I've kind of alluded to two of them already, but once again, so Sydney Olympic and Sydney FC superstar Courtney Vine scored a 50th NPL New South Wales goal on the weekend. Just a typical courtney vine stuff of being too fast for the opposition so second queen uh, once again going back to Polly doran who um battling with shall we say the fading light at lake macquarie regional football facility just she's basically being played at a right back like um you know she plays for melbourne victory but she's basically taken the goal scoring into her own hands when Manly united needed it most um uh just leaving defenders in her wake and, you know, winning the game for Manly. Great stuff. And my third queen of the week is uh, North West Sydney spirit forward Morgan Roberts. Uh, sh- she scored what would be a consolation goal against Illawarra Stingrays on the weekend, but it was her first goal since suffering an ACL injury last year. So well done to you, Morgan, and it's great to see you back playing for the spirit. So that's That's it. That's the end of episode 96 of Beyond 90 Pod. Thanks so much for your support, uh, whether you're tuning in on Joy Radio, Clutch Radio, or the usual podcast platforms. And we will see you next time on behalf of myself, Madge, Molly, and Stefan. Good night.